Welcome to the Same Side Selling Podcast. I am your host, Ian Altman. I know for longtime listeners, that's a big surprise. I often talk to people and they say to me, look, when I speak, when I'm addressing people on my team, when I'm speaking to customers, a lot of times I'll say something and the customer says, what? Which I interpret as they have no understanding of what I just said. And this isn't a language barrier, it's a communication barrier, and I wanted to get some insight into why those things happen. And we are fortunate this week to be joined by Darcy Webb. Now, Darcy is known by many as the speech diva. Now, what does that mean? It means that when you are struggling to communicate with people, when you feel like your messages are not being heard, Darcy is the person who can tap into exactly what's going on and help you fix those things that you thought could never be resolved. So Darcy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Ian. I am so happy to be here. And thank you for that wonderful introduction. And the whole time I was watching you speak and listening to you speak. Perfection. Uh, there's never perfection. I know that. And I am most conscious when I'm speaking in front of Darcy. I've had the pleasure of working with you and getting your coaching and things that I thought I communicated very effectively. I would listen to the recording and say, wow, that sounded like a mess. And I would think to myself, oh, I've been saying it like that forever. I'll never be able to solve that. And then you'll give me some sort of exercise that lasts all of, oh, I don't know, like 12 seconds. Yep. And then you'll say, say it again. And then everything's fine. So yep. I wanted our audience to benefit from that. And so can you start by sharing with, with us, what are some of the biggest blind spots, if you will? What are the, some of the biggest obstacles or challenges that people face that they may not even be aware of that impedes their ability to communicate? Well, first of all, the majority of us learned how to talk when we were, you know, one or two years old. So we have this assumption that, yeah, 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 I know how to talk. I can do this. I can deliver this. But what we have acquired and accumulated over the many years that we have been speaking are habits. And they are habits that aren't necessarily lazy. They're not lazy, but it's almost as if our tongue is trying to be as efficient as it can be in order to get the message out as quickly as possible. And there are much more efficient ways of speaking that will give the speaker greater clarity and a greater ability to connect with their listener. That's really key, is connecting with the, the listener. And, and, and Darcy, let me ask you this. With all the different people you've, you've worked with, and people should know that you've worked with professional speakers, you've worked with performers and, and vocal artists, and, and, and the lowly CEO of the world. Um, <laughs> the, the idea, though, is that you've worked with people at all different levels, and you probably see some of the same ticks or challenges across all those different people. So what are some of the things that often get in the way? Over and over again, I see the same things. Well, you and I talk have talked about this before. People make word sandwiches, right? Where they will take a bunch of words that are really important and they will compress them so that we can't really understand them. 
and we need vowels and we need consonants. We need to, you know, fill those words with the meaning and we cannot do that when they are compressed. So that is the first thing that I notice. I also notice that there is a monotone that a lot of people like to speak in where they just lower their voice, particularly women, and they will talk like this. And it's really hard to tap into the meaning, the intention, the clarity, because you just get really tired of listening to that. You just get tired of it. (laughs) So I work a lot with speakers on their musicality because that's what makes people listen. Speaking is just another form of singing. You know, I, I love that concept that speaking is just another form of singing. And it's interesting because the notion of when I first started working with you, I would speak at this same level, like knocking people into the ground. And you said, well, that's great. You have a powerful voice. Do you have another one too? And, and just and just the whole notion of getting from different resonating so that, you know, you have better control over sound that's coming from your chest versus your throat versus your head and those things that may be foreign to people. I often find that people will say, oh, the the reason I have trouble is because people don't understand this word or that word. I look at it in this way, the same side selling podcast, I know that term same side selling. I will often make that into what you would call a word sandwich because I already know what it says. So my brain says, oh, that's the thing we already know. Let's just fly past that. And the person on the other end who hasn't heard it 27,000 times doesn't understand it. I almost equate it to, it's like the dentist can understand things no one else could understand because they're used to hearing people speak with tools in their mouths. That's right. You know, I want to talk about something that you and I talked about the other day. You were talking about a, a particular phrase, spoiler alert. It's really hard. Uh, It's tricky. Spoiler alert. The reason why it's hard is because of what of the movements that our tongue has to go through, what the tongue has to do in order to go from oi to ilter. But we don't think about that when we're speaking. We just spoiler alert. And then pretty soon we're kind of smushing it together. But when we learn the mechanics of speech and when we learn how to clear up the articulation, suddenly the tongue will move much more easily. It gets very facile. A lot of the reason why we can't articulate is because we have tension in our tongue. So what happens is we gather, and we gather that tension for all kinds of reasons. Maybe you grew up, as I did, with people saying to you, shut up. Get out, you're standing in front of the TV. Get out of the way. You talk too much. You're too loud. Lower your voice. <laughs> that was a lost cause. They couldn't, they couldn't make me do that. They tried. <laughs> they tried. But what happens is when we are trying not to speak, we gather, we pull back our tongue. We gather tension in our tongue. We clench our jaw to keep our, you know, to keep our words in. And then we don't say anything until it's absolutely time. And then we can't make our tongue move because our tongue is so full of tension. And what happens when when it gathers tension is it pulls to the back of the mouth, maybe a little bit, maybe a lot. And it will impede that vocal passageway and keep the sound from coming out fully. And it will also make it harder to move. So I teach a lot of people tongue relaxation exercises. 
which I think is a fascinating topic. And because we have the, the benefit of video, we can do some of that as well, mostly because it'll create a very embarrassing moment for me, which my audience will probably thoroughly enjoy. And I will tell you that when I was having this issue and I said to Darcy, I said, the term spoiler alert is really challenging for me. She said, say it with your tongue out. And I'm like, oh no. And, and it's true because as soon as you said, Spoiler alert, spoiler. <laughs> like hung out, then it became, yeah. oh, spoiler alert. Now I can say that, which yeah. sounds silly that it's easier having done it that way. And you can probably explain why that is. If you want to get top results for your team, take a look at the Same Side Selling Academy. Just visit samesideselling.com to learn more. So what happens is when we release the tongue, and for anybody who's not watching the video, I'm going to describe this. So I ask people to lay their tongue, not stick your tongue out, but lay your tongue on the lower lip. Nice and easy. Yeah. Just, go ahead. Just do it for a second, Ian. Just go <laughs> ahead. So you're leaving it like this. Now, notice that the sides of my tongue are nice and relaxed. I see some people doing this. It's because they don't, they don't want to stick their tongue out. That's the other thing. This is a really vulnerable part of us. So to keep our mouths open and stick our tongue out, that's pretty vulnerable. But you're only doing it, you know, like in the privacy of your own home or maybe in front of your bathroom mirror. I have my clients release their tongue for about 30 seconds to a minute. And then you do... You know, you read your presentation or you do a, a short passage. And on and on. And you will notice that when you do that same passage, after you pull your tongue back in, things are so much clearer because the tension in your tongue has been alleviated. And it's brilliant, isn't it? Oh, yeah. it's, no, it's, it's like a 30 it's, second trick that works. Yeah, it's it's so effective. And it's funny because when we spoke, I said, yeah, this term always gets in my way. And it was almost like a little reminder, like, well, say it with your tongue out. I'm like, that's it. And I said it twice. And then all of a sudden I could communicate fine. So yeah. sometimes people will say, well, I, I lose my audience and my audience isn't paying attention now. And sometimes that can be because of the content, but yeah. oftentimes it's the delivery. Yes. So for for someone who let's say is a is an executive who's speaking to their team or if it's a sales professional who is presenting and having a conversation with clients what are some things that they could or should be thinking about that would improve that communication. Okay, here's the thing. I worked with a woman once. She does finance stuff. She does numbers and she said to me, "You can't make my information interesting. You can't make people listen to this that don't want to listen to." I said, "I bet I can." <laughs> and it really is about the delivery. If you're presenting something that you are passionate about, I want to see the passion. Now, the way we tap into that passion is by actually looking at the material, by looking at the words. There's a term called onomatopoeia. Probably many of your listeners learned that in grade school or high school. Onomatopoeia means when the word sounds like what it means. So, bam, or whoosh, or whisper. But my feeling is that just about every word 
has potential for onomatopoeia. And when we start to pay attention to each word and we just give it a little, give it a little bit of a little lift with infusing it with what it means, then people's ears are going to go, huh? So, but it takes a little bit of practice and it really takes paying attention to what's coming out of your mouth. And it gets back to the musicality of it. Because someone could say, well, let's cut to the chase. So they could say, let's cut to the chase. And That's right. in, the, in the latter, it sounds like, you know, you, you, get the, you get the feeling of both of those and it becomes more interesting. And if we change our tone and if we change our timing a little bit, I think that often people will say, well, they couldn't understand me because I was speaking too fast. How often do you find is it actually the speed of delivery that's the problem? I never tell anybody to slow down because that's like driving with the brakes on. You can fill a word with a vowel sound and make it longer just for impact, or you can talk really, 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 really fast to make an equal impact, but you really want to switch up the variety. It really depends on your message. But if your tongue is moving, if your mouth is moving, you are going to be clear whether you're speaking slowly or speaking quickly. One of the things that keeps people from being understood is when their mouths are closed too much. So we have, um, we might have a tendency to, to, clench our teeth and you know, I, I know some people I've worked with people who just only use this part of their mouths. They're just, just this much. And then you can't really understand them. It makes it really hard to talk. So I encourage people to open their mouths by using two fingers. So if you take your forefinger and your middle finger and you stick it in your mouth, turn your hand over the other way, Ian, and you're putting it at the edge of the teeth, Yeah, putting the fingers at the edge of the teeth and then shake. I am so very normal. Right. Just whatever. Your presentation, your your poem, whatever it is. And you take your fingers out and you are you've left space between the upper molar and the lower molar, so your tongue has room to move. I love that. The other thing that happens is, and for those people who are again watching on video, look at my face, how much more expressive I am when I have my fingers in my mouth. So when I take my fingers out, my face is moving. And when, you, when you're talking with your face, in addition to your mouth, people are able to connect better, right? So I do have people do exercises, facial calisthenics, I call them, raising the eyebrows, lowering the eyebrows, raising them, lowering them, raising, wrinkling the nose, lifting the cheeks. All of those things contribute to better speech. We don't know it. Well, and I, I think what's fascinating about this is one is it's another example of overcoming the monotone because the monotone in your voice or the monotone in your face are both forms of monotone. So people yeah. who speak with no emotion in their face, it just looks kind of boring and they yeah. seem vacant and they're not yeah. attached to their words. And I think yeah. that's one issue. I think there's also an element of if you're speaking about something that you're not excited about. Don't expect your audience to be excited about it either. And the last point I want to make is that many people, I believe, when it comes to this video medium that we're, that we're using, when people are communicating on Zoom or whatever it is, 
it's almost like, oh, this isn't an in-person meeting. I'm just on Zoom. Yeah. And I actually believe that it's critical that you're even more emotive on video because mm-hmm. it's a way for you to share some level of emotion and, and excitement or any sort of emotion in a way that they may not get otherwise because you're not in the same room. I just want to go on record as saying I never not wore pants during the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) When people couldn't believe it, I would get up and I would get dressed for work, even though I didn't need to because I was on Zoom, because because then I felt in. Then I had skin in the game, right? And Or in that case, you didn't, but I know what you mean. (laughs) That's right. It's covered. But yeah, and I I think the, the face is... Well, my husband is also a coach of performers, and he would always tell his musical theater performers, it's no disgrace to use your face. This is the most powerful organ we have of expression next to our voice. If we don't use the two of them in tandem, you're going to lose your listener. It's it's fascinating because I find that when I'm speaking in front of large audiences, and it's an interesting dynamic when there's a few hundred people and they don't have what's called IMAG or image magnification, then sometimes little facial, facial expressions that I will use can get lost. In a larger audience where they have image magnification, so now my image is up on screen, yeah. that's when every little hmm, gets like a great response from the audience. And what we realize is that when you're communicating via Zoom or video, whatever platform you're using, Zoom, Teams, whatever, that you have image magnification and they're seeing your face and your emotions. And you can say, that's a really good question versus, well, that's a good question. I mean, it's just, it's a different way of communicating that I think is often lost. What are some of the things that you would encourage people to start with? If someone said, look, I want to improve my communication. What are two or three things that they could start with right away that would put them on the road where they'll start to see a noticeable difference pretty quickly? I would say the first two things to do would be to open the mouth. So the exercise with the tongue is useful because it will make you more articulate, but it also brings awareness to the words that are coming out of your mouth. You know, you start to, especially if you're saying the same things over and over again, you stop listening to yourself. You have to remain in the moment in order to really have have an impact. In order for people to really uh, connect with your words, you have to be invested in your words. So the second thing would be also two fingers in your mouth. And the third thing, I'm giving you a third thing here. It's really important is to just take 30 seconds when no one is looking and move your face really in, um, I'm going to describe this for people who aren't watching, in a like make ugly faces. They call it gurning in England, where they have these actual gurning contests, and they look like this. And those and of what? you who are not watching video, you should go onto YouTube right now, go to samesideselling.com, pull up the video, because it's worth seeing. Yeah, because what you're really doing are pulling faces, ugly faces, faces that you might make to your little kids when, you know, you're you're scaring them. Because what you're doing is you're waking up those muscles in your face. This is how one of the ways you express yourself and you're bringing the blood up to those those muscles in that face. And it makes a huge difference. Brilliant. 
Brilliant. So Darcy, what's the best way for people to connect with you, to follow you, to learn more about what you're doing? Because the work you do, I just, every time I speak to you, I learn something new. And I think our audience will benefit from that as well. Thank you, Ian. And I would I would love it if people reached out to me. My website is darcyweb.com. And if you put yourself on the mailing list, then there's a free warm-up. And I think my facial warm-up is in there as well. The other way you can reach me is through LinkedIn at Darcy Webb. If you just search me there, then you will find me there. I'm also on Instagram at Darcy the Speech Diva. There you have it. Excellent. Well, Darcy, I'm going to try and give a quick 30-second recap of the key points that I think people should use and can take away from this session. So give me one second to do that, and then I'll kick it back to you for rebuttal for what I may have missed. So the, <laughs> the ones that Darcy mentioned to me that really stuck out are, number one, it's not about the speed. It's about the clarity of your of your words. So if you're not being very clear, recognize that it could be the tension in your jaw, in your mouth, in your throat that is causing that. So the two exercises Darcy gave us are one is speaking with your tongue out, just relaxed. And then the other is with the two fingers in your mouth and speaking through that. And it really helps to get your, your tongue and your mouth moving to help articulate messages. And remember that a monotone isn't just in your voice. A monotone can also be in your facial expressions and other movements. And so if you're just standing there, not moving your face, not moving your body, your audience might find that your words aren't so moving either. Darcy, what did I miss? Nothing, except that it does take a little bit of courage to start to break out of old habits and create new ones. And so I encourage you to find that courage to step out on stage and make a face and find the joy in what you're talking about. Find the joy. Excellent. Darcy, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom. It's always a pleasure. And for our audience, I will see you next week on the Same Side Selling Podcast. So long. Thank you, Ian. 